guys welcome back to the new and improved stay open i am your host arletta and welcome to the new year special i i have on my sparkle my feathers my glitz my glam always have to have on a red lip And I'm so excited to be sitting in the seat you don't even know. And I'm so excited to be bringing you the new and improved Stay Open. I wanted to create a visual digital space where you feel like you, one, are hanging out with me, but two, you're coming inside of my brain And just experiencing like what I really have always wanted Stay Open to be, which is like a multimedia, multi-entertainment space that is more than just a podcast. Like I want it to be a show, I guess. Like that's what I'm calling it. My husband is like, this is no longer a podcast. This is going so far beyond what podcasters are doing today, which is so true. Like I'm here in glitter and glitz and glam and if you're watching this this video is gonna have this episode and just stay open in general is gonna have transitions we're gonna have segments we're going to have um just like kind of a happy hour like we're structuring it differently than any other podcast that I've seen and I'm trying to make a fucking wave okay I'm trying to be like Hey, listen to me over here in this boring ass podcast space because everybody already, you know the drill. You probably listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this, don't worry. It's going to be just as entertaining. But if you're watching this, I wanted to create something once a week that just like makes you smile and inspires you and maybe helps you through a tough time or whatever the hell I'm talking about. I wanted you to be able to see it and also listen. So thank you so much for being here. And today, do I have an episode for you? We are going to be talking about how to kind of cope with a year that maybe didn't look the way that you wanted it to, how to not bring that weird vibe energy into the new year. And we're going to talk about the watchword for the year. We're going to talk about exercises I've been doing to get myself back on track or not even to get, I'm not even going to say that this episode. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how to cope with a year that maybe didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, how to not bring that energy into your new year, how to make the best out of your new year's resolutions, goals, whatever you want to call them, what I do, uh, my watchword for the year. We're going to have some cocktails. We're going to have a caller call in from the Ask Arlie hotline. And I'm just so excited to be here with you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the New Year special solo episode with Stay Open. Welcome to the first happy hour with Stay Open. New Year's Eve, Eve, New, can I talk? I'm so excited. New Year's Eve edition. I have myself here a little martini glass in honor of today's drink. 
and you are in my kitchen. We're going to be making mocktails, cocktails. My girlfriend said I should call it foxtails, but you know, like drinks, um, gardening drinks, if you will. I follow a girl on TikTok. Oh my God, she's so amazing. She calls it gardening and that is iconic. I've always called it gardening. Garden tails, high tails, anyways, mocktails, cocktails, fun tails. We're going to make all the tails here. And I thought I'd start us out with an absolute banger, one of my favorite drinks ever. My strategy for New Year's is a fan favorite, a classic, an espresso martini. And today, normally I would put it in an espresso martini glass, but for the New Year's special, it's only right that we put it in our little disco ball. So I got this recipe off of Pinterest. If you are someone who believes you are a connoisseur of espresso martinis, um, there's, by the way, this is controversial. Well, we'll talk about that. But if you think you are the connoisseur of espresso martinis, leave your espresso martini recipe down in the comments and share with the class. We can all try it. This is mine. I'm twisting it a little bit because I don't have a very key ingredient, so don't stab me, but we're just going to post it in there and pretend that I have Kahlua because I don't. But let's get started. You're going to need two ounces of espresso. You're going to need ice, Bailey's Irish cream liqueur. This is controversial. Some people don't like Bailey's in their espresso martini. I think that should be illegal. And of course, you have to have Bailey's in your espresso martini. Then vodka. My vodka of choice today is Kettle One, but you can use Tito's, whatever wets your whistle. And... I like to put actual beans, whole beans, on top of my espresso martini because I'm a psychopath and I like to chew them and it gives me an extra oomph and I love the taste of coffee. So what we're missing is an ounce of Kahlua. Just pretend we have Kahlua. Okay, so first to your shaker, you're going to want to add ice. Depending on how cold you like your martinis, I also add ice to the glass that I'm going to be drinking out of if it's a traditional martini glass. If it's not a traditional martini glass like this, I'm not going to have ice in there, but I like to dump the ice out right before I pour the drink in just to make it cold, like to make the glass cold and it keeps it cold. To your shaker, we're going to add two ounces of espresso. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Then we're going to do one ounce of Bailey's Irish cream. Oh, yes. One ounce. And today I'm going to do two because I don't have Kahlua. But if you have Kahlua, add one ounce of Irish cream, one ounce of Kahlua. And then I'm gonna add one ounce of vodka. I'm not a one ounce of alcohol type of girl. There's a joke amongst my friends and my family that I make drinks just like my mom, which is strong, and her and I believe you should have at least two ounces of liquor, especially in a martini. Two ounces of vodka. And that's it, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're gonna stick on the shaker, have a little dance party. 
Okay, and then after you've given it a good shake, we're gonna pour the cocktail into the glass. And if you're like me, you're gonna pop one, two, three. Look how cute, the little beans in there. Take some whole espresso beans or coffee beans and you can put them in your drink. And that's that, an easy, scrumptious, something to keep you awake, cocktail for New Year's. Okay, first, first, because I haven't been on the microphone in a while, we need to talk. If anyone has seen the Trisha Paytas, like her episodes, the last couple episodes, I, first of all, I filmed or I set up this studio at the end of November. I have receipts. I will find them if need be. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to have two chairs. The first episodes, couple episodes in December are going to be solo episodes. Don't worry. I have amazing guests coming. And I'm like, what is going to be fun? And I love pink and I've had red and you know, stay open colors are pink and red. So I had to hit you with a tree. And then Trisha comes out with episodes and she has her chair in a tree. And I'm like, people are going to think that I copy this woman, which by the way, Trisha, I fucking love you. I love her. She's iconic. So it's only right that we keep this set like the Miss Queen Trisha Paytas of all social media. So here we are. So I hope you enjoy my tree and holidays in general. Are you someone who puts your tree up before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, on December 1st? What are we? What are you feeling? I love my pink tinsel tree. This is what I had when I was like single girl living in my pink little apartment and now my husband and I go and chop down a tree in the forest, like the real ones. It's my favorite, one of my favorite holiday traditions that we've created. And I can't wait for the day when we have kids and we can bring our kids, we bring our dog. It's so much fun. Um, and I filmed the whole thing. So last year on Vlogmas, I posted me doing the tree this year, um, I'll have, I, you know, who knows? I've been doing so much, but I'll put out a video eventually. Believe me, you won't miss it. I'll put it all over social media of us getting our tree. But wow, I just cannot believe uh, that this is the end of the year. Like this is December as I'm talking to you, as you're listening to this. It's December 11th. Like how did this year fly by? Of course, everybody says that, but like, I really am like, whoa, where did this year go? Because I guess we can just get into the episode. I have been healing. I've been in my slow girl era and I called my summer slow girl summer. It's ended up being slow girl fall into slow girl winter. And we're wrapping up 2023 with a bow of just honoring our own speeds because I guess let's just go down a walk of memory lane of 2023. So for me, I started 2023 as I do every year, wanting to just tackle that beast and make it my bitch. And 
I thought that this year was my year to run, to sprint, to do the marathons, to do the hard things, to do the things that take work and effort, but I've really wanted to do. Um, Like just, you know, be on your A game in all aspects of life, in my business, in my podcast, in my relationships, in my home and, you know, my habits. And I very quickly realized like three months into the year, that's not what this year was going to be for me because I think with just, if you listened to my last episode, I touched on it there, but I have just been running around like crazy and I'm sure you can relate um, to this. Like we all have things that go on in our life, but I think I just got you know, the last three years have just been one thing after another, both amazing and challenging and, you know, tough and sometimes hard. But I was coming into 2023 with the energy of being my best self, going a thousand miles a minute. And I really quickly realized I don't have that to give to my life. And it really made me, at first, discouraged because I'm like, okay, here we go again, Arlie. How many times do you tell people, I thought, fill in the blank, I thought I could do it. I thought this is what I wanted. And that's just life, right? Like we always think we have expectations and then we have the reality of what we're capable of. But today I really want to of course, share my year, but also really discuss the importance of being realistic with where you're at, not getting so down on yourself that you get stuck, continually moving through that molasses of challenge and seeing it through on the other side to where I am. I basically want to use it as an example of if you feel this way at all, or even if your year was this way and you're still kind of in that weird vibe energy and you don't want to bring that into 2023, that's what we're going to be discussing. Also, the titties are out. Hopefully I don't slip out. And no, I did not tape them because that takes forever. And you will only see my titties taped for an event outside of my studio and my bedroom. So in my house. Um, so anyways, I, I know people could probably relate and you can probably relate to a point in your life where you're like, I want to, I just don't have the energy. And when I realized, whoa, I need to slow down actually, because I'm so depleted. I was tired all the time. It was like, I could never sleep enough. I am in extroverted introvert I like to recharge by myself but in the right scenario people can recharge me it's just how and what that does and like what I'm doing when I'm getting recharged but I'm not the type of person who like wants to shelter myself away and hide and that's what I wanted to do I couldn't keep up with people I couldn't talk to people anyone else's energy and emotion like really affected me and drained me it felt like tenfold to what I was actually feeling and I started I didn't really know what to do or where to go 
at first I was like, I want to run away to the mountains and live on a homestead by myself with my cat and meditate and do yoga and swim in a river naked and like not talk to a soul. And uh, again, very quickly realized like that's not the reality of my life. I have a business. I have a house. I have pets. I have a husband. I have friends. Like people need me. I live in a state where I haven't lived near my family in years. And I just felt like people were pulling me at all different angles and I just where I normally have the stretch and the give, I didn't. And so feeling lost, I went to what I always return to, which is journaling. And in this journaling session, I kept having this image of a a cup and that idea that everyone has a cup of energy. And you have only so much of that cup every day to give out your energy. And to me, the people that do it right are constantly feeding themselves enough to fill their cup up more than enough so it's overflowing. So you have an excess of energy to give to the people around you. But the energy that's inside that cup, that's for you. That is like your level. And I reached a place where I had no energy. I had not a drop left in the cup for me, for anyone. And I just kept thinking, okay, so I need to fill my cup back up. How do I do that? And when I realized the reality of me running, you know, running away to my homestead that I don't have is not realistic, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do here in my house over the next couple months that's going to actually fill my cup back up? And For me, I realized, and this is just something that's like, duh, girl, but I was not enjoying my days. I was not, I was just going through life, tackling the to-do list, tackling who I had to see, tackling the events, tackling, 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 tackling. But I wasn't sitting there thinking, okay, what do I want to do today? Do And of course, of course, there's things we have to do in the day that we don't want to do. But that also doesn't mean that I can't add things into my day that make me a little bit happier or add what I call a little sweet treat into my day, which is something that I found as simple as driving through Starbucks and getting or let me not even give Starbucks an ad, driving through your favorite coffee shop, getting your favorite drink, going to your favorite store, maybe not buying anything, you know, depending on what financial journey you're on, but just looking at things, just walking around in my happy state with my happy drink, like spending two hours doing that in a day, not even dedicating my whole day to just like fucking my schedule, but putting little moments of peace, pockets of peace, if you will, into my day really has changed me and really filled my cup on the days that I have no energy. Now, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like I'm sitting here in December feeling more like myself than I have in a long time. And 
feeling creative again and feeling like I have energy to give you and energy to give myself and my friends and my family. Um, But when you're in it and you're down and you're like, you hit this wall where either a life event takes it out or you yourself take it out of what you really thought this year was going to be, it can be super discouraging and deflating. And I sat for a few months feeling that way. But in those moments, and if you're if you're going through that right now, in those moments, I just would picture this imaginary time where I felt better and I looked better and I was doing things that were inspiring me and I would just meditate on that vision. And even though it felt so far away and unrealistic, I didn't listen to that. I didn't listen to my psyche telling me the negative things. I listened to the positive side of me, the little angel on my shoulder saying, you got this, you can do this, this will be you someday. And I stopped putting a timeline on things. Like we hold ourselves sometimes to these unrealistic timelines of what we're capable of or what we can get done in a certain amount of time and I think for me especially who is not a type a person I don't do things usually I don't do things the same way every time there's some habits give or take that are the same but I like to come about things new every day depending on how I'm feeling and that's hard for me when you're trying to become a habitual person or really activate your discipline muscles because if I put myself in this box of what I think things should look like or how I think I should do things every time, I would just get discouraged and I would immediately feel like a failure. And what I realized a common thread in my life is when I feel like I've failed, I let that get the best of me and I I just stop altogether in what I'm doing. And I had to, and I've had to over the last year, figure out how do I push past that failure wall? How do I keep going even though I feel like I failed? And for me, and it looks different for everyone, for me, it was completely pulling back, changing my routine, changing what I normally do, restructuring my day, lowering my cortisol, lowering my dopamine, and kind of feeding myself a healthier lifestyle and just little by little through habits turning my days around my life around my months around and my attitude and I think more than anything what's gotten me through this year was just really feeling the feels And for me, that's hard because I'm the type of person that will feel the feel and then dog on myself for being in that feeling or being in that vibe or having those thoughts when in reality, I need to just like pull myself in, give myself a hug and be like, you know, we all have bad days. We all have negative thoughts. And sometimes the negative thoughts consume us to the point where we feel like we're going insane. And it's in those moments that I would just, if you can remember, and when I could remember, I would cut that train of thought with that that vision of what 
I was going to look like when I felt better, when I looked healthier, when I, you know, fill, fill in the blank of what you want or when you have a different job or when you, I don't know, have a different living environment, whatever it is, I would just say, nope, we're not shitting on ourselves today. We're just going to take today easy. We're going to be kind to ourselves and we're going to envision a future that seems not real and far away, but that I believe at some point is going to be possible. I just mainly wanted to say to you that not every year is going to look the way you wanted it to. And if you're listening to this and you're like, this year so far exceeded all expectations I had, that is such a special feeling. And I know in the moment you probably feel like, well, duh, this is how it should be. But just really take a moment for gratitude and understand that not every year is that way. And if you did have that type of year, I'm one, so fucking happy for you because that's beautiful and amazing. But two, be proud of yourself. Like give yourself a pat on the back and a hug and have a have a moment of gratitude for your life because that's, you know, it's not always the norm. So yeah, it's, if 2023 looked a little differently for you, I'm right there with you. And there is another side to the dark tunnel that sometimes we feel like we're in. Um, and that's why I love New Year's because it's a change of energy. You can put a new intention, a new watchword on your life. And um, I think this is a perfect segment to go into our watchword. Watchword. Okay, so what is a watchword? A watchword is a term that was coined in my life through my sorority in college. It's a way that we would use one word to kind of keep at the center of our intentions for the year for the sorority. And when I graduated, I never realized how impactful just that one theme or element in my life was until I was a graduate on my own and I was thinking about I was living in Italy and I was thinking about like how I wanted to maintain the energy because listen when you are driven you're having that creative day you're having that day where you feel super productive it's so easy to embody the energy and the the emotions that you want to have on your most positive days but it's on those negative days or those hard days where you forget that and what I love about a watchword is in those moments I can just it's almost like you know um a hypnotic thing like it just clicks me right back in to the mindset that I want to stay on when I'm obviously not feeling or when I'm feeling my best but when I'm not feeling my best you know so I started implementing watchwords into my years when I lived in Italy and so every year I choose a word that is going to be the theme for that year based off of what my overall goals are and my watchword for 2024 is abundance I have just been on this kick of truly believing, feeling, breathing into my life, positivity, but more than that, just 
again, that vision of having an overflowing amount of energy, an overflow, an abundance of whatever it is, money, friends, happiness, love, success. I just want an abundance of it all. And I wanted something this past year. My watchword was consistency. And it's funny because where I thought consistency was going to be like posting, you know, consistent for my business, posting consistent for my podcast, um, being consistent in my daily habits and rituals, what it ended up being for me was consistency and coming back and trying again. And that is what was the missing ingredient for the sauce of pushing through failure for me is if I normally don't live up to my expectation, I feel like a failure and then I just stop and I trail off. And I I actually was listening to a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan and The Rock and they were talking about, they called it the slide and I had never heard it or heard of a routine spoken about in this way, but I really resonated with it. And they said, your slide is like you're at the top of the hill and you've worked so hard to climb this hill, whether it's your fitness goals or personal goal, work goal, whatever. You're at the top of this hill, you finally conquered it, and then you take a few days off and you slide down the hill again. And as Joe Rogan was saying, as he gets older, his slide is so much more intense And he feels like the hill to get back up to the top is so much more difficult to reach. And I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. It's my slide. And I let myself slide all the way down to the bottom to where I'm looking back up like I was up there. I didn't appreciate it when I was at the top of my game or whatever it was. Now through my discomfort my discouragement, all the things, I've let myself slide all the way back down to the bottom. Not only is it harder to get up there, but now I've I've lost the momentum and I've lost the drive. And so my slide of of 2023 was actually me kind of knowing like, okay, I think I need to back back down to the bottom. When I'm at the bottom, I need to recover. And then when I start climbing again and I reach the top, we're going to maintain it. And so the consistency for me has been just getting back up and trying that fucking hill again. So in 2024, it's all about keeping the positivity, keeping the belief that everything is working out for me at any given time, no matter how it may seem. And that I am deserving of abundance and deserving of the positivity and the overflowing um, happiness in my life. And that's just my goal. And so I challenge you for 2024 to come up with your own watchword. And of course, share it in the comments so other people can see the vibes for 2024. But... Yeah, I can't wait to see your watchword and what you choose to bring into the new year. Okay, so now that we have our watchword, let's talk about what I have done and what you can implement into this new year that at least for me worked and maybe if it worked for me, it will work for you, sister. First things first, I journaled, you know, we talked about journaling, we talked about realizing like, okay, my cup is empty. So you realize your cup is empty and you realize 
you need a change. Where do you go from there? So for me, a huge element to this has been the epiphany that small micro steps lead up to big change. And that might not be the first time that you've heard that. Um, And I'm not like groundbreaking in saying that, but it's like when the switch went off in my brain that made me realize like, oh, that is exactly what it takes. It was so much easier for me to digest the big things that I feel like I couldn't tackle all at once. And one of those things for me was my daily life and my schedule because I realized, okay, what is a source of stress and anxiety for me? If I feel depleted, what's taking my energy? That's within my control. Because there's obviously things that are without our, like outside of our control, but the things that were within my control that I could change to change my base level of emotion. And so for me, I was thinking, what is bringing outside stress that I'm adding to my life um, that I can change? And for me, that was my schedule. I just realized how many times I was adding stress in my day from not knowing what the fuck was up. And I run my own business. It's funny, within my business, I know what the fuck is up every day. But in my personal life, like the coordinating Zach's schedule, my husband's schedule, with my schedule, coordinating my friends, seeing my family, upholding these like habits and these goals that I have for my life every single day is so daunting when I wasn't just coming back to my planner. And I've always had planners. I love planners, but I've always had planners. I, I've loved planners, but I get so busy that I forget to check them. So part of the consistency for me, right, my watchword, was just coming back to my planner. And I took this from journaling when I wanted to start getting into journaling. I told myself, no matter what I do every day, I need to open this journal. I need to write in this journal, even if it's a flower at the top corner of my page. And I don't write any actual journal entry. Just the habit of opening the journal, putting energy into actually looking at the journal eventually over time I'm opening it every day well I'm not just going to open it I'm going to write in it so I took that step for my planner and I went ahead and I bought myself the most amazing planner which I will link um in my stories on Instagram uh not sponsored but it's a planner from it's a planner from Amazon sorry I got so excited I just got out of breath it's a planner from Amazon and why I love it is it has a full spread of each month It's also mixed kind of with a bullet journal style where it's not set dates, which is very good for me because I can choose when I want to start it, when I want to stop it, uh, what days that I'm using it, what days maybe on the weekend. Because I don't really, unless I'm having a super busy weekend, sometimes I don't open my planner. So I'm not wasting days and pages. Um, But it has a full spread of by month by the week so the overview of the week and then by the day and by the day it breaks down from 6 a.m until the evening I think 6 p.m and then evening or 7 p.m and then evening and what's amazing about that is I have gotten so granular with my schedule that I write down everything even if it's taking the dog for a walk even if it's blocking time out for me to read even if it's 
blocking time out for me to cook dinner or um, play with my dog. Like everything is in there down to the minute because for me, I needed to put that structure in place when my life was kind of easy, when I was taking it easy, when I was dialing back. Because if that structure is there, then it can hold up to the crazy times of my life. It can hold up to the busiest times of my life. And just that act of getting my schedule under wraps and, and figuring out where the fuck I'm, I am, what the fuck I'm doing on a day-to-day basis sounds so like, well, no shit, Arlie, but for me, that was groundbreaking. Okay, so if you're someone who you're like, I'm missing something in my life and my schedule is stressing me the fuck out, the way that you combat that is get deeper into it. Get more granular, get very specific with what you're doing and know even sometimes right in your like your commute so you know it's going to take me 15 minutes or 20 minutes to get to work. Put that in there. And then for me... I needed to slow the fuck down. So I looked at my schedule and you know what I started doing? I started saying no. Wow. I started saying no to people that I love that would ask me to go places. No, I can't. I'm sorry. No, I'm too tired. No, I'm busy. And I cleared my schedule of the bullshit that I had just constantly been saying yes to. Why? Because I'm a people pleaser. Okay? Miss Swift said it best. I wouldn't marry me either, a pathological people pleaser. Okay, that is who I am. And although it's a superpower, it also can hinder me and hinder us when we're people pleasing beyond the capability of what we have for ourselves to give ourselves. And so I dialed back my schedule. I honed in on my schedule, I dialed back my schedule, and I completely fought any intuitive, intrusive thoughts that told me I wasn't good enough, I wasn't doing enough, because this life and this industry that I'm in is a constant give, 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 give. And believe me, if you cannot find the tune and dance to the tune of your own fucking rhythm, I think that's when life really takes you over, because... I was trying to be a little jackrabbit in a race that I'm I'm honestly the turtle. I am the tortoise. I'm tortoise energy baby all the way. I am slow and I'm steady. And it's taken a lot of courage and strength and tenacity to watch everyone around me that are the jackrabbits in my life run the marathon and succeed and hit those mile markers and hit their goals. And you can sometimes feel like the slow tortoise approach is is not the right one. But I don't think you can be wrong when you're serving yourself the best way. And so I really had to slow down. And that meant saying no to things. And that meant being honest with where I was at with even the, the podcasting space. I wanted to recharge myself to where I can give you what you deserve as a listener and a friend and a a follower, but also what I deserve as a creator and a creative because, you know, I don't know where I'll be in a year, but I know that with the structures that I've, with the time that I've taken off 
over the last eight months and the structures that I put into place are sustainable for me going forward in the future. And that's what I fall back on. I think that's literally what people mean when they say discipline is what you fall back on when the fun runs out and when the glitz and glamour of the new habits run out or on the days that you don't feel like you want to do it. That's what's still there. That's what they mean is like you're finding a structure within your house, within your body, within your life that works for you. It means giving myself a slow morning. It means... Oh, and that also brings me to another topic, which is habits and that idea of little steps lead to big change. I am not someone who can wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. Some days I want to wake up at 4 and be super productive, but some days I want to wake up at 8. Some days I want to sleep until 10. And uh, again, I'm not that type A personality. And if you are, you keep doing what you're doing, sister. But if you're like me and you're like, something's not fucking working, let me tell you. What works for me is put in the the bumpers, if you will, of the, the game of bowling for life. And my bumpers are, let's just say as an example for my morning routine. I need a morning routine. But I'm not 4 a.m. wake up on the dot, cold plunge. Then I'm journaling for five minutes. Then I'm in, then I'm eating, then I'm having a shake. Then I'm going to the gym. No, I just say I need a slow morning and I know what I like in my morning routine. I know I like a great skincare routine. I know I like to have water. I know I like to be outside in nature, but it doesn't always look the same and that's okay. But what works for me in the consistency of returning back to a morning routine every morning is no matter what it looks like, at least it needs to be slow. It needs to be at least an hour before I actually start my my day. And I would like it to have, you know, let's, this is just an example, water. Okay, some days it looks like apple cider vinegar, hot water, and lemon. Some days it looks like just a glass of water straight from from the refrigerator, whatever. Some days I have the energy to do the full stop best morning routine of my life. Some days I have it just in me to make sure my feet touch the grass. I have a glass of water. I've hugged and kissed my animals and, you know, put time into putting sunscreen on my face. Like it's not realistic, at least for me and at least at this part in my life to be doing the same habitual things every single day. But When I have a morning routine in place, when I have the intentional mindset to be doing something within that first hour before I get into my day that is slow, that allows me to think about what I want, set intentions, to be with my animals, to be with my husband, to take care of myself and my body, that's what matters and that's what makes me successful and for the day and that's what's recharging me. Another thing that was huge for me over the last eight months has been cutting out just the bullshit. Like cutting out the people that I follow that are those little hamsters, those little rabbits that are running the races. Good for you. You go Glen Coco, but I can't follow you every single day. It's it's exhausting for me and it's taking me out of the frequency and the speed that I need to live at. So I unfollow people. You know, I am dedicating more time to the friends that really fill me up. 
and uh, making sure that I'm spending time with the people that are, are feeding me and healing me and healing that drained energy, you know? So don't be afraid either to cut out the things that aren't serving you. Cut out, of course, you always see this example, but cut out the hour of scrolling on social media and replace that with an hour of being outside. And, and just do little things here and there, like tinker with yourself and your schedule in a way that is so kind and gentle and graceful that you're not, you're not shitting on yourself for not being able to, let's say, go for a run every day anymore. Maybe you're just going for a walk. Or maybe you don't have time for a walk. Maybe you're just sitting outside for 15 minutes. But just tinker every day and treat yourself like a science experiment like because I think women especially in our 20s especially as you grow and you you're on my side of 20s which is the second half closer to 30 I'm really becoming a better woman and version of myself every day because I'm honoring who I am and who I'm growing into and that looks different than you know where I was when I was 23 But I think a mixture of the pandemic and uh, just life and just like the energy, I think, the last couple years are make me feel like I'm still 23 (laughs) and I'm not. I'm 28. It's been five years and I've done a lot in five years, but I'm not the same person. And so it's okay if I need to go slower, maybe in a few years I'll need, you know, I'll be that jackrabbit running a race. But right now I'm honoring where I'm at. And I think so often we get frustrated with where we are because we're not honoring it. Because we're, we're telling ourselves we should be somewhere else. No, you should be where you are. And where you are, if you feel like is not where you want to be, how to get there is to first succumb to the reality of your life and then Don't shit on yourself for it, but just start changing it and change little things and do experiments and think, okay, if I have a lot of anxiety in the morning, maybe you need to switch from tea to coffee. Maybe you need to switch from six hours to nine hours of sleep. Maybe you need to, you know, delete an an app or spend more time with a book. Whatever it is, little changes And really keep them. Keep them for like a week, two weeks, three weeks. See how it works. Change it out. I mean, this is not a quick fix. This has been an eight-month journey that I'm still on, that I'm still bringing into 2024. But I have put foundational things in place that I think will help me succeed down the line as I get busier, as I put more on my plate. And... The last thing that was really impactful impactful for me was um, this, and I, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but it's the list of the things that make me happy. I worked, I did this exercise based off of a book from Tony Robbins. I think it's called The Giant Within. And he says, write down a list of everything that makes you happy. And I wrote down the list. I think the first time I wrote the list, it was maybe 10 things. And I'm now up to like 20 things because as I think of them, I write them down. But when I did the 10 things, it was actually harder than I thought because at the time I didn't know what the fuck made me happy. 
Um, and a lot of us, I think, realize when we do that exercise, I don't actually know what makes me happy. But on that list, I have a range of things, things that are realistic, things that take a little bit more planning, things that can be done in two seconds and things that have to take, you know, like a vacation um, in Italy is on the list, but that has to be planned out. Um, so don't limit yourself, but do things that you can do right now to change your mindset. And so I have things on there like going for a drive and blasting music. What I said earlier at the beginning of the episode, going to my favorite coffee shop and getting a drink and going to my favorite store, uh, a hug from my husband, being in water, taking a bath, um, being in nature, being outside. Those are things that immediately, if I implement them, they change my mindset. And so Tony Robbins has this exercise because at the end of it, he says, good, now you have no excuse to change your mindset on the drop of a dime. And that was like, whoa, okay, you're right. Because I have things literally right here that are examples that I know are guaranteed to change me and make me happy. And so I put in to my schedule to do at least one thing on that list every single day. So do one thing a day that makes you happy, but then even more so I add in one thing a month that's like my big treat, which would be like going to the store and getting coffee or um, going and getting a massage or going to a sound healing session or driving up to the mountains. Like I try to add something bigger into my week, but do something on a smaller scale every single day. And just simply by breathing in happiness into my life, I have, I know it's groundbreaking to hear, but I have been a happier person. Yeah, just by getting deep and going through my schedule with a fine tooth comb, getting rid of the things that aren't serving me and the things that are within my control, taking things off my plate. And if you say, I don't have time, I I don't have time to do these things, then something else in your life that you have control over has got to go. Because you're going to have to start adding in things or you're going to have to sacrifice an hour of sleep to add in an hour of winding down in your night away from your phone, away from other people maybe, just with yourself, watching your favorite TV show, whatever it is. Something's got to give, but I promise you the answer is a lot more basic than I think a lot of people try to make it seem, especially on social media. It doesn't have to be even buying anything new. It could just be reinventing what you have. I love, my mom always makes fun of me. She doesn't make fun of me. She like jokes about it lovingly because I think she and I are very opposite in this way. But I change my environment in my house. I rearrange things like breathe fresh life into your space. Move pillows around. Move sheets around. Um move the orientation of a room, fix the feng shui of your space, get a new smell going through your home, like whatever it is, I love to reinvent things that I already have because it breathes life into them and it makes me excited about the things that I have and it gives me gratitude about the things that I have. So 2024 is the year of abundance and I hope it is for you too. Of course, with any new year, 
it wouldn't be complete without a vision board. And if you know me and if you're an OG listener, then you know that the vision boards are so important to me. And my vision board is usually looks like this. It looks like a night called martinis and mood boards with one of my best friends. And we haven't done it this year yet, so you're not getting that segment on this show. Um, when we do it, I'll film it and I'll add it into whatever episode is is up and coming for that week. But get together with girlfriends or do it on your own. I like to journal first um, about what I want to leave in 2023, what I want to bring into 2024, what I want to continue doing. And again, just looking at my life from more of a experiment um, than like something that has to be so concrete. I like to try things out and every month looks different. And when I took that pressure off of myself, it's alleviated so much of what I've been stressed about, I guess. But I like to first journal, then I take a poster board, just a white poster board. You can get it from the dollar store. You can get it from Hobby Lobby. And I like to make um, kind of like a web, like a mind map. And I put 2024 in the center, abundance in the center. And I have all my pillars of the different areas of my life. I have stay open. I have my business. I have my personal life. And within my personal life, I have my finances, my fitness, my health goals. And I just kind of spread out from there. Like, what do I want to accomplish in each of these areas? And then after my mind map, I go into my iPad and Pinterest and I find photos that inspire me, that fit that vibe, that aesthetic, those goals, whatever it is. And I add them to a blank page and I make a collage and then I set that collage as my background on my iPad. I set it on my Notion. I set it on my computer. So everywhere, because I am ADD as hell, I have to have visuals everywhere. I have to drill them into my brain until I literally, it's imprinted in the back of my eyelids when I close my eyes at night. Like, and that's okay. That used to bother me that used to discourage me. I used to be like, why can't I be like so-and-so? Because guess what, bitch, you're not. You're Arletta motherfucking Cohen and you have to have things written everywhere and that's okay. So I drill it everywhere in my brain and then it's my singular focus and I try, the key, the key is to keep the energy past just January. If you can go into February with the same enthusiasm and level of excitement for the year that you had in January, Believe me, your resolutions will stay on your to-do lists, your, oh, and that's another thing. I love in December looking at my resolutions for the year prior and doing kind of this like round robin fast uh, tie up to the end of the year and try to get as much done as you can in December before the new year as possible. Because one, it makes me feel better about my life and two, it gives me the like extra confidence that I need to go into the new year feeling like a brand new bitch. So happy new year. Happy early new year. I hope whatever you're doing this year, you drink responsibly, party responsibly, have so much fun, breathe life into this new year. And it's never as serious as it feels. And 
Um, it's never as hard, I think, as it seems. So we have reached the hotline portion of this episode. Um, I am so excited for this portion of the episode. I brought Ask Arlie in about a year ago, and I would ask people in my DMs normally. I would ask people in my DMs to send me Ask Arlie questions, and I thought, you know what? I need something that is more like a hotline and where you can call in and where I can really hear your voice and get the whole story and not limit you to a little text box on Instagram. So welcome to the first Ask Arlie hotline. Today we have a caller named Kat and let's see what she has to say. Hey Arletta, my name is Kat and pronoun she, her. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thank you so much for creating this space for women in their 20s. It is so eye-opening and just amazing for me to be able to relate with other people, but not to mention the community that you have created through Stay Open. The the reason why I'm calling today is because I have a question about my New Year's resolutions and also my little final aside. I work from home and I own my own business. So my husband right. also works from home and oh. we spend a lot of time together, which is information that you need to know prior. But my job is my life and my job is about my life. So it essentially is my life. My New Year's resolution number one that I'm searching for advice for is creating a better work-life balance when my job is my life and I work from home. How do I separate that in a healthy way? Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, Kat, thank you for your call and second of all how cool I work from home too and my work is also my life so I get you and I feel you um how do you create a healthy work-life balance that is something that is the million dollar question isn't it um I will just talk from how I do it or how I've been doing it very similarly to what I've been talking about in this episode is all about scaling back my schedule and I think when you work from home and your house is your space that's your office but it's also where you live it's so important to designate specific areas to each of those things and if you're someone like me I have the luxury and I haven't always had this to have a separate room that is my office so when I'm in here I'm working And when I'm not in here, the door is closed. It's separate from the rest of the house. And I can enjoy my house as my house and not my workspace. Because when I first started my company, I would work all over this motherfucker. And I I still sometimes do, but I would work on the couch. I'm in the kitchen. I'm outside. I'm up here. And that's fine. But for me, mentally, I do better when I'm just in here in this room for filming for business and then when I leave it the rest of my house is my sanctuary for me to recharge so my number one recommendation is have a space and sometimes if you're listening to this and you're like I don't have another room bitch I I, it's in my kitchen where my desk is just as long as work is done on your desk and when you're done you get up from your desk you 
change your scenery. You either go for a walk, stand out on your balcony, do some Wim Hof breathing, and then, you know, kind of dial down the work mindset and then dial up. I'm in my safe space. I'm in my house. I'm in my sanctuary. Go spend time in another part of your house you don't normally spend time in your space, whatever. Um, That has been the healthiest for me for maintaining a work-life balance when I work from home. And then also keeping myself to a schedule. Again, going back to my planner. If I say I'm going to end work at a certain time at night, I'm. you need to do it. Because if it's like, if you're like me, Kat, you don't. And then you're there another two hours. And then all of a sudden it's eight o'clock. You haven't eaten. The dog hasn't been fed. It's dark outside. You feel like you wasted your night. No, we're not doing that anymore. In 2024, we are on our schedule, bitch. We are saying when we're going to be done with work and we're sticking to it like we're clocking in and clocking out of a job if we went into a business to do our job. Number two is friends. I want to take more time for the people that I love, friends and family, but without letting them drain all of the energy out of me, which is why I've pulled back so much from chatting with people more regularly. Okay. That one, friends. Friends, friends, friends. I could do a whole fucking podcast just solely on friends. Like a whole just stay open about friends. Um, But to answer your question or I guess to give you advice in that aspect, I will give you advice quickly just basically just based off of where I've been with friends in this year. I think as we get older, especially women, we need to be more ruthless and maybe not ruthless, but we need to be more in our own defense um, in protecting ourselves when it comes to our friendships because I think women especially, we hold on to friendships. Um, Sometimes we hold on to relationships longer than we need to and then we know that we don't need to and we still do it. Because, I don't know, out of nostalgia, out of how long we've known the person, out of what we've been through with that person or what that person knows about us. And I think, you know, women's instincts are so good. We know the minute you leave a friend and you're like, you're either like, oh my god, I love that girl. I want to see her again. I, I, I wish I didn't leave her. I wish she came home with me and we had a sleepover. And then you also know those friends where you're like, God, I'm exhausted and they exhaust me and now I feel like I need to sleep 12 hours. We know. And I think the reality of life is if you have a friend that drains you and you're not going to get rid of them, sometimes we don't get rid of the draining friend. And sometimes that friend, um, you don't need to get rid of them. But what you do need to do is put up healthy boundaries. And so for me... There are some friends that are great friends to go to lunch with and see or go to dinner, but set it up in an environment where there's small doses, first of all, so lessen the frequency of seeing them, and two, go somewhere where there's a beginning and an end, it's not too long, you can say hi, you can say bye, obviously, like something like dinner, when the dinner's over, you say bye to each other. And I found that limiting the time that I spend with the friends that are draining and and putting caps on it, if you will, have one, saved my friendship with that person, and two, allowed me to not get drained, 
to enjoy that person, but then also to leave that person and still be, you know, where my cup isn't empty. So yeah, put, put boundaries, put boundaries on your friends and the ones that fill you up, try to see them more often and just be honest with your friends too. Like if it's a true friend, they will understand that you need a break or that you are giving too much to another area of your life and they just can't be your number one right now and that's okay and if they can't handle that then that's a codependence and a friendship that is really negative and really draining and maybe that's a bigger sign to either changing out of that friendship or transitioning into a different relationship with that person the next one is being a better wife like I said my husband works from home as well and I want to spend more time with him but it's hard because our house is also our offices and we work late okay so if you and your husband work from home I'm assuming you both have your own spaces where you do that work cat and during the day depending on what your schedule is maybe you guys could break for lunch together or go for a walk together Um, and spend time outside just take a break during your day if you can align your schedules if not what's really important for my husband and I to spend quality time together is we have scheduled date nights and there's there's different dates there's the date night that you can actually leave the house given that you don't have children leave the house or even if you do get a babysitter Have a date somewhere outside of your home where you're getting dressed up, where you feel good about yourself. He feels good about himself. You guys have a romantic evening together and it's away from your space that you share on a daily basis. Sometimes we don't have schedules that allow us to take a night off like that. And in that case, those are the nights where my husband and I hop in the car and we go and get an ice cream date together through a drive-thru or we go and pick up food together, even in that 15-minute drive to go to a drive through is like a little sweet treat where we may be getting back home and he goes and does his thing and I'm going and doing mine. It's even just that little time spent together away from the house that feels fun, that is exciting and can be sexy and can be something new that you need in your relationship. Oh, and then... The working late part is difficult because if you work late and you guys are both so tired, you're probably just rolling into bed, not really even having a conversation and just like kissing each other goodnight and going to sleep. If you work late, I would recommend trying to add into your schedule like a movie night or staying up a little bit later and each of you reading a book in bed, quiet, maybe not talking to each other, but It's just a nice way to recharge, slow down your mind, but feel like you guys are doing that together. So try to put more things into your daily routine. Maybe if you work late at night, take the break during the day with him, um, pencil schedule in dinner together, and spend, you know, maybe 10 minutes at night just like kind of talking about your day, hugging, giving each other massage, um, loving on each other. Lastly is time management, putting my phone away, but also with my phone being a business tool, how do I separate that from just everyday existence? If your phone is your business tool like mine, how you separate is you cut something out. And for me, I cut out my personal time on my phone. 
So I, my business is in social media and digital marketing, advertising. I have to have a pulse on trends. I have to have a pulse on what people are doing, what they're posting. So if I'm scrolling, it is strictly for business purposes. And if I have time in my day, I will give myself, you know, 30 minutes. Maybe it's in a bath at night going on TikTok because that's my favorite platform at the moment. But you have to give up your personal use of your phone and strictly hold it just to business and fill your personal, social, whatever that was feeding you, fill that with something else. Fill that with a phone conversation with your mom or a girlfriend. Fill that with a TV show. Fill that with a book. Fill that with time with your husband. Um, But something's got to give and it's your personal use on your phone at least for me, because I don't have the luxury of, like, if I'm on my phone, I'm on it for business, and that's just what it's had to be, and it actually has helped my relationship with my phone, because I'm on it less, and when I am on it, it's strictly business. Lastly, my fun thing off the cuff is, I'm wondering what you think the trends for 2024 will be for fashion and accessories, because I absolutely am obsessed with your clothes, the way you style them, and your Instagram. Thanks so much, Arletta. Thank you, Kat. That's so sweet. Okay, what do I think the trends for 2024 are going to be as far as fashion and accessories? One, um, obviously you're seeing it now as the very girly bows. Um, glitter, pink is huge right now. It always is because like pink for life. But I think that's going to continue into next year. I also think you're going to see a revival of like the schoolgirl Britney Spears um, hit me baby one more time aesthetic and I think Taylor Swift kind of dresses this way like plaid skirt tights button up that's not going anywhere bows are not going anywhere hair accessories are not going anywhere I think you're also going to see a lot more kind of like the Air One Balenciaga collaboration that just happened um, where it's like regular day things like a regular white t-shirt but it's going to be a collaboration with something and I think companies are, are going to go outside of the box and start turning to a lot of like cartoons and I just saw Nike did a collaboration with Powerpuff Girls you're gonna see like I think cartoons from our generation like millennials growing up doing collaborations with companies but it's just gonna be like slapping a logo onto a basic white tee and I definitely think the trend of thrifting is not going anywhere sadly for me because it's a it's a genuine hobby of mine But thrift stores know that they're making a shit ton of money. And so what you used to be able to get a good find for for $5 is now more like $30. Um, But I don't think that's going anywhere. I think we're going to see a lot more of like the cool girl aesthetic and adding in color because we've been in this like beige all white hole for so long. I think you're going to see like a MySpace return of an aesthetic. And I hope it stays because I love that vibe. That's like the vibe I was raised on. That's like what my first introduction to the internet was. And I think you're going to see Gen Z kind of mimicking and turning into 
their own wave of like the early 2000s MySpace vibe. Okay, that was such a good ask, Arlie. Seriously, that was amazing. Thank you for calling Kat. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to call, I want to have my voicemail on here, you can give us a call at 720-378-8371. The number on the screen, baby. Call me up, leave me a voicemail, ask me a hot question. And next week is all about cutting out the bullshit um, and cutting out just the like the fat in your life, basically, like the excess and the things that you don't need and we're not bringing into 2024. So if you have any questions on on that, give me a call. Thank you for spending this hour, hour and a half, whatever time it's been with me. And I hope that this episode is the inspiration you need to build that vision board and get excited for 2024 because I just have, I just have a feeling about this one. You guys, I have a feeling about this year. As always, follow me on socials at Stay Open Podcast at Arletta Argyle. And I hope you enjoyed watching this episode. I hope it was fun and, uh, Give this episode five stars. Rate it. Be honest, but be kind, motherfuckers. Be kind. And yeah. Happy New Year.